are back like Omicron infections and track and trace detection. This is the Long Snapper podcast and it is Christmas Eve Eve. Yep, that's right. You're welcome. Different intro this week. My name is Craig. I'll be hosting today and I'm joined by Mark, Pat and Rich. How are we doing? Good thanks, Craig. You're great I've missed those. <laughs> Didn't Adam try to do one once? <laughs> and yeah, well, yeah. Adam can't get away with stuff like that for very obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask uh, if everyone's ready for Christmas. Then I realised that's like the deadest chat ever. So I'm, I don't really give a shit. Uh, I do hope you have a great Christmas, but your preparedness for it not my concern it is however customary to start the long snapper podcast with a quiz and pat you've done the honors this week certainly have i thought we'd do a little bit of play your cards right so uh we're going to be looking at regular season stats up till this week we're going to start you off with a number of receptions for um receivers in the league including running backs why not let's go mad um, we're going to start you off with LaVisca Chenault, who has 56 receptions on the season. He's 42nd overall. We're going to start off with Craig, and we're going to let Mark name a player for him. So, Mark, pick another receiver. Um, okay. Another receiver. Let's go with Keenan Allen. Okay. So what's the question? Has he got more or less receptions? Yep, exactly that. He's gotta have fifty-six. Gotta have more. Keenan Allen does have more. Craig gets a point. Rich, pick someone for Mark more or less than Keenan Allen's ninety-two. More, more or less than ninety-two. Hmm. Uh. Let's go with Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Mark, what do you reckon? More or less than 92? Well, now I realize, now I hear that Keenan Allen's got 92, I'm going to... That, that's got to be quite high, so I'm going to say less. You are correct to say less. It is 64. Craig, pick, pick a receiver for Rich. Literally any wide receiver. <laughs> it's classic quiz material. Portland Sutton. Sutton. Ah, oh, Jesus. Higher or lower? Yeah, see, that's tricky because I rate him as a receiver, but when, when, he's a injured. Dog shit receiving. Yeah, I reckon. Bro, fewer. shut your mouth, blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be fear. He's played every game this season. Has he? <laughs> yep. When he does have fewer, he has 50 because their attack is crap. Okay, uh, that was Rich getting himself a point. That means it's Craig up next, so Mark, pick another player. Um, okay, let's go with so someone. I'm trying to find someone who's around that kind of area. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Let's go with... I'm trying to think of someone who maybe you'd think would have more, but has in fact got less. Thanks for explaining the game. Yeah, you might have not a real strategy. I'm I'm spreading it to strange. All right. This is the hardest bit. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Um, 
Darren Waller. Waller. Mm. Then Sutton got to be more, surely. It is more. It's more by three. Oh. The closest gap we've had so far. Rich, pick someone for Mark. 53 is what Darren Waller had. Oh. Let's let's stick with uh, stick with tight ends and go Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Um, I think he's probably got to be more than that. Kyle Pitts is more than that. Kyle Pitts has 58. Good job, Ooh. Mark. <laughs> Craig, pick someone for Rich. 58 is your target. It's trying to think of those um, oh, second receivers or number one receivers at shit teams. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if only you could think of the Jets. That's why I started with Chanel. I, that, I'm uh, Jets. I'm tempted to, but I think he's got too much, so I'm going to go with Higgins. T. Higgins. Ooh. Oh, that's tricky he was rubbish at the start of the season and he's sort of come on a bit I'm gonna say oh crap I'm gonna say more you are correct he has one more 59 (laughs) Mark pick someone for what I'm impressed you've got 100% record on this so far this is good skills (laughs) Um... they're guessing Um, somebody's around there. Crowder. I've got like a Crowder. Uh, he's got to be less than that. He is. Jameson Crowder has 50 receptions this season. Rich, oh! someone for Mark. Uh, let's go with the other Cincinnati guy, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Um, he's got to be. He's got to be higher than 50, I would think. Correct. He has 60, one higher than Higgins. Craig, pick someone for Mark. Sorry, Mi- Craig, pick someone for Rich. He's got enough. <laughs> Let's go with... Um... Uh... <laughs> um... Let's go with Fryermuth. Ryan Mook. Mm. I reckon he's got a lot. Let's go fewer. Fewer <laughs> is correct. 49. Excellent. Okay. Three all after the first category. You've done stellar work so far. <laughs> Second category. We're going to do running backs, receiving yards. Running backs, receiving yards. Oh. I'm going to go in reverse order. So I'm going to have Mark pick a running back for Rich. I've got to pick the first one, though, Dickhead. Think it through. Let's start with AJ <laughs> Dillon, 274 receiving yards. Um, so I need to come up with another running back. Pick a running back. Pick a running back. Okay. Um, Wait, is this for me? This is for Rich, yes. Oh, I'll pay attention then. <laughs> this is quite tricky. Um, to think of running back with loads of receiving yards. Um, I'll just... Uh, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> That's the problem. That is literally the issue. <laughs> um, uh, receiving yards. Okay. Come on, man. Najee um, Harris. 
Oh, I reckon he's got to have. He's got to have. He's got to have more, surely. And G. Harris does have more. He has four hundred and five. All right. Uh, let's go with. Oh, it's not me. Craig, pick one for Mark. Um. Hunt. Kareem Hunt. What do you call me? <laughs> um, Kareem Hunt. Fewer. Fewer is correct. He's missed a lot of time injured. He has 174. Okay, there we go. Mm. Rich, pick one for Craig. Uh, let's go with Tony Pollard. Pollard. Go more. He's played more. Pollard does have more. He has 272. He's one place below AJ Dillon. So everyone is on four points. And we have Mark to pick for Rich next. Uh, let's go with Kenyon Drake. Drake. Ooh. I reckon he's got quite a few. Because they've been using him almost as like a... Yeah, let's go more. Moore is correct by 19, 291. Okay. Not as much as I thought then. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Craig to pick one for Mark. What? How much How much did Kenyon Drake have? <laughs> Kenyon Drake had 291. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Fewer. It must be because he's not in the top 50. He's not really played loads, has he? Well, I'm basing off they had one game where they didn't throw the ball at all. Yes. Sony Michelle has 93. <laughs> oh, now I've got 90, to come up with... 93. <laughs> now you've got to pick one for Craig, Rich. I've come up with someone who's played a bit, but not very much. Oh... Yeah, Craig's made it difficult for everyone there. Yeah, well, Craig. Mm. Oh, I've got no idea how many he's actually got, but Craig won't know either. Let's go with Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty. Less. Less is incorrect. He has 104. That's the first miss. Oh, luck, Chris. Is, is Craig out now? Why not? Let's do it sudden death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, pick one for Rich. I'm just using my white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the clock and thinking, this has gone longer than I expected. <laughs> I think that's bollocks. Yeah, it is. Um, let's go with... Um, Giovanni Bernard. Bernard. Oh. He's barely played, has he? I'm going to go fewer. Would be incorrect to go through. He has 123. Mark wins the quiz. Mark with his white privilege again. <laughs> Just knock him out. Take him all out. No, no. I think Rich. I think Rich should stay in. Oh, what? Pick one for you. <laughs> That's how white privilege would properly work. Proper, proper <laughs> I reckon. I, I reckon uh, Rich had the use of. But let's keep it moving. So. Uh, all right, well done. Play some music, blah, blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? You Google's still lost. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> That's a little faith you have in me. <laughs> um, right, so, before we uh, <coughs> review some games, should we do the uh, Steve Rains anytime 
touchdown corner. Is that what it's called? I reckon I've nailed that. Yep. 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 You missed the fucked it for charity bit, but that's fine. Fuck. That's true. To be fair, that's that's true. It isn't that. Either way. So we've got um somebody's bright idea was prime numbers. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> somebody's power. But that, isn't that isn't that because we like did all right when we picked this last time? That was our closest one to an actual win. Well, that was my thinking. Last week we got zero out of six. So I thought, let's go back to what we got closest with. Did we get zero out of six? That shouldn't be possible to get none right. Jesus To be fair, three of those picks were Ramondre Stevenson. And he didn't get a single touchdown. That that whole thing was nonsense. Um, (laughs) That was silly. (laughs) So we'll go again. (laughs) And this time, with prime numbers. Um, I can't remember who said who. So Devontae Adams, who's got that? Devontae Adams was me. And Jalen Hurts, I think, was Russ. Correct. Donta Foreman. Yep, that's mine. Michael Pittman Jr. That was Adam. Alvin Kamara. Yep, I went with Alvin. And I'm tempted to pick Hollywood Brown. Oof. He's so, do that. He's back. Wait, Wait, if Lamar's back, then that's actually a decent pick. He's done nothing while he's out. Let's go. Well, let's hope Lamar is back. Um, so there's your bets. Uh, right. Should we... Uh, should we... <laughs> I like how Craig's style of presenting is very much like, right, done, fuck this out of the way. Next thing, let's go. He's trying to... <laughs> he's, he wants to be in bed by half nine. <laughs> it, it's, it's, less, <laughs> it's less about that. And it's more about the fact that I want to get these one-sentence reviews out of the way. I'm going to be honest. Have you got somewhere to be, Craig? No, I've, I've got... I've got the iPad, the screen for us recording, and my phone. And it's a bit... I forgot how much this actually costs. (laughs) 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 I I, I really forgot that turning up, chilling, having done nothing is what a breeze that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To actually try and remember what it is we're meant to be doing, not so much. So uh, before we start talking some shit... uh, Let's review some games. Kansas City Chiefs 34. Chargers. See, look. Right, to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Literally reading out scores at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> to begin with. I had the wrong screen open. <laughs> Chargers. Uh, shout out to Adam. <laughs> you make this shit look easy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Kansas City Chiefs 34. I like charges, mate. LA charges. <laughs> LA charges, 28. It's, it's because it's my one. Big win for Casey. Feels like a team getting their shit together at the right time. Patriots 17, Colts 27. Isn't it great to see the Pats lose a game where the opposition quarterback only completes five passes? Titans 13, Steelers 19. A poor defeat for a struggling Titans who failed to put up any second half points. Panthers 14, Bills 31. Four turnovers on downs and two extra point attempts well before garbage time should tell you how pre-game kicker tryouts went for Carolina. (laughs) Texans 30, Jags 16. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Cowboys 21, Giants 6. Dallas comfortably win a disappointingly uncompetitive game of football. The only surprise here is that it wasn't stinking up prime time. Cardinals 12, Lions 30. 
And to think some idiots predicted the Cardinals would win the division. Jets 24, Dolphins 31. One of those nearly game for the Jets, who had the lead at half-time but couldn't get going on offence in the second half. Bengals 15, Broncos 10. The Bengals look a long way from their formidable early season form. Can they find it in time to make the playoffs? Falcons 13, 49ers 31. Comfortable win for the Niners to brush aside Atlanta and get their fifth win in six games. Packers 31, Ravens 30. Once bitten, twice side. Baltimore again electing to go for the win rather than kick the game time field goal after such a performance from Huntley and Andrews. I think the coach hurts the team here. Saints 9, Bucks 0. If fucking hilarious. <laughs> Big up the Saints D. <laughs> Raiders 16, Browns 14. Raiders still need a last play field goal to get past the COVID ravaged Browns, but keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Vikings 17, Bears 9. So many self-inflicted bullet wounds for the Chicago offense. Too many mistakes and penalties in the game that their defense kept them in. Washington 17, Eagles 27. Gilbert started strongly, but weirdly an offense playing with a quarterback had only been there three days started to struggle. And Seahawks 10, Rams 20. McVeigh has this offense rolling and the defense is full of studs. Consistency at the QB position over the coming weeks and the Rams could end up with number one seed. And that is your one sentence reviews. Decent week of football, boys. Mm. Yeah, lot of a uh, lot of interesting games, but like different to a lot of the weeks where there's been one or two standout games. There was a lot of interest all in a lot of the games around the league. It was nice to see. Even the bad games weren't bad. Like yeah. when we was talking about some of the games, what to talk about today. I didn't even watch those ones first. But I ended up at the time, obviously, since I've after following the games, I've watched them. But some of the games on Sky, the Vikings game, the Bears game, decent game, but nothing compared to what we saw at, uh, in the uh, Ravens Green Bay game. What do we think? I don't like that call. I don't like the uh, the going for two this week. Yeah, I mean, no, I, 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 as much as I liked it the previous week, given the game situation that they were in. Um, and the fact that the um, the Steelers at the time had the momentum against the Ravens because of the way that um, Huntley was playing um, and the fact that the mo- momentum was fully with the Ravens at that point, um, I think you kick, kick the field goal, go again and actually go again in overtime. Um, and I know that there's arguments that they were, you know, similar to the week before, defensive backs and injuries were a problem, but um, they... At no point in those last couple of drives had the Packers shown any ability to stop to stop Huntley, um, and the play call was horrendous as well. The the, the two point play was like throwing it into triple coverage in that corner. You weren't going anywhere other than Mark Andrews at that point. It was so easy to cover. It was a poor call. Kick the field goal and go again. Yeah, I, I can see why you'd want to avoid letting. Rogers et al back on the field against you because that's not a foregone conclusion that you stopped them but the Packers secondary has improved as the season has gone on and in the red zone particularly they've looked decent so it, it was a ballsy call and one that backfired and you know with the run first nature that we see from the Baltimore team it was a surprise to uh, be so focused on that one possibility yeah I don't understand why you don't have 
more options for Huntley to run it in that situation. It looked like you're basically rolling him out and giving him one option at best, yeah. unless unless it was just very, very good coverage from Green Bay. But it's I easy just, to cover when you know exactly where he's going to throw the ball. Right. I just don't know why, why do you do it? You're down. Your offense gets you back in the game. 40 seconds to go. You've got to trust your defense to, to get you through 40 seconds and give yourself a chance to compete. You lose in overtime. You know, you lose the toss. Aaron Rodgers goes down the field. Fair enough. You know, you you, you can swallow that. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt the team. Last week, you have a ballsy call and you come out and say, you know, worried about squad depth. That's fine. That makes sense. I don't understand why in that position, given that you've, you know, fought your way back into this, into this game. Yeah. You, again, you again they had no right to be in. By no, way. not at all. At all. Once Rogers, there was a point after the, um, uh, the, the stop in the first quarter, you get the, the, the in the red zone and then you get a free and out and you score a touchdown and you think, Oh, here we go. And then Aaron Rodgers starts slinging this ball around and Baltimore looked like they were a little bit caught in the headlights, especially in that fourth quarter. Yep. And then you're back and you've got the t- opportunity to tie the game. You fought back. I don't understand why you let it all evaporate on a on a dead two-point play. Even if your players play their best and their players play their worst, you could still lose out on a two-point play. And you've got a chance to tie the game. I just don't understand. The, the damage it will do to the team psychologically, as well as the record, really doesn't... I don't see the risk-reward there. It doesn't make sense. Considering how the other results went and it took them from division leading second seed to out of the playoff picture altogether um, it's a huge huge call considering the game situation the thing that the thing that annoys me slightly about it is this perception of oh harbour leader of men look at the faith he has in his players and he's asking all their team should we go for it what do you think Name me an offensive player that you're going to turn to and say, Do you well, I'm going to say, give me the ball. Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, none, zero. That's why you have a coach. How about you be the head coach and you say, in the situation we find ourselves at the minute, best best play for us now is to kick it and try and keep him out and go again. Fucking man up. It yeah, I is think one of those. That is... Go on, Rich. Sorry, Pat. I was going to say, it is one of those, though, that if, if they go for it, and they get it, and then Green Bay can't get down the field, he then looks like a genius, and everyone la- says, is I don't necessarily have an issue so much with calling the two-point play. It's what he called after calling the two-point play that I really hated. Yeah, I think, I think calling the two-point play is the, the thing to do as a coach that gets you the least flack. I'm not saying it's the best choice in that game, but like if they don't make it and they lose by a point, it was like, oh, he made the ballsy call. It didn't quite come off. If they make it and lose in overtime, it was like, oh, you fucking bottled that at the end there. He could have gone for two. I'm with Craig, I think, in the majority of those circumstances, I'd take the point and take the overtime. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally agree. I just think circumstantially, you know, you've got, you remember what your previous call was and how that turned out. And you can get away with, yeah, ballsy call, wanted to win, squad debt, fine. Second week, show some cojones, some real cojones, some long, some lasting. All right, we've, we've done well to be in this, boys. We we kick this field, uh, we kick this extra point, we tie it up. They're under pressure, we'll get them. 
I just I felt it was an I actually thought it was an easy way out. Um, I I also think there's a weird mindset thing here as well because if you kick the extra point and your level and Green Bay on their first on their first couple of downs coming out of that don't really go anywhere they probably just let the clock run out and go to extra to overtime if if you go for the two points and you get it you could end up with a situation where Aaron Rodgers has to lump it down the field connects with uh one of his wide receivers down there you know 25 yards out and they then kick the field goal for the win that they probably wouldn't have taken that risk because they wouldn't have wanted to turn the ball over yeah yeah I agree I agree um Harbaugh seems like a example of a short memory what feels like we need a long memory for is the Kansas City Chargers game which <laughs> flawless can- segue that Craig flawless thank, thank, thank you mate thank you um which can you believe was actually in week 15 um I mean did did we all uh did we worry about the Chiefs too early and I think it's another game where you could argue coaching decisions lost to me. I watched that game hoping the Chargers would win and was infuriated by the Chargers' decision-making and execution in some cases. But like the number of points they left on the table, the number of stupid mistakes that were made, you can't afford to do that against teams as good as the Chiefs. And it's a game I felt like, on balance, they maybe should have won it, but they made the crucial mistakes at the crucial times, which meant that they didn't. And, you know, it was a good game of football one way or the other. But if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be livid with the team. 100%. Couldn't, could not agree with you more. I was. This is a game the Chiefs had absolutely no right to win. And you take the Chargers, some of the Chargers' decisions, usually within the first, like when they're within five yards, five like, within the goal line area at least nine points left off the table because of either not taking kicks or, or bottling them. You you take that nine points into account and a lot of what happened in the fourth quarter doesn't happen because the Chiefs have to play it completely differently. They don't even get the chance to get it into overtime. It was like the, the Chargers completely shot themselves in the foot in this game. Yeah. That first drive, they bossed them on the ground. Austin Eckler was going nuts. Yeah. They got to the five-yard line, first and goal. They threw it four consecutive times incomplete and turned it over on down. So it's like, why why at least one run surely from there, given the yeah. amount of gashing you've done to them all the rest of the way down the field? Yeah. Didn't Herbert run it in for a touchdown? Which Maybe, was... did. Maybe I'm thinking of a different drive. The reason I raise it, didn't he run it in for a touchdown? He definitely ran it a touchdown he... later on. The, that is their first score, but that was second quarter. The first drive that Pat's talking about, they went for it on fourth down and failed. Failed, yeah. Yeah, where they could have easily taken... There were two occasions where they could have easily taken a field goal, went for it on fourth down, got stopped. They did that on three occasions. That's nine points you leave off the table, and that's that's a different game entirely. Agreed. The point I'm making is, remember when you said it was so unlikely for Herbert to run in a touchdown, and two weeks later... I knew... But, as soon as he cool. scored, I knew you were going to shoot all that in at some point. What a prick you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the, game, in the game, you actually bet on that. He had one run for six yards. So, you know. Whatever, mate. The point <laughs> was, it was a sensible decision. I think the thing for me, the thing for me um, in this game, I agree with you. Some of the coach, some of the calls, the way the dice fell, it felt a little bit like... Um, 
it felt like the Chiefs big brothered them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like the, it was just a little. You didn't didn't weren't quite able to step up to the plate. Um, but I will say there is nothing better, and it wasn't a it wasn't for four quarters, but there is nothing better than seeing Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey catch the ball and make people miss. It is brilliant to watch. It is it is incredible watching Tyreek Hill just appear out of seemingly nowhere with no one anywhere near him and then catch the ball and scoot off down the field for 40 yards. It's like, how, I mean, maybe he's just uncoverable, but it is, is I totally agree with you. The thing, your point about big brothering them in this game absolutely rings true for me because one of the issues I have is you get this argument of, oh, you can't coach scared against the Chiefs. You have to go for it because, you know, they're going to put up big scores. Well, I think this this actually comes from coaching scared. You're so scared that your defense can't stop them, that you're leaving points on the field, points that would have won you the game. If you'd yeah. gone for those in those situations, you, you put yourself, you get the momentum, you get that morale boost from getting ahead and it just felt like they were constantly trying to play catch up and almost scrabbling in situations where normally against any other opposition you'd take the points and i understand that is but it's i understand you have to take the point like you have to go for it against the chiefs in years gone by normally because you're you know you're two touchdowns down you're 14 nil down you're fourth and three you're f- or fourth and goal and you think we've got to go for it here because a field goal is not enough this was points where it was nil nil this was right. points where, you know, they weren't massively behind at this point. And you add those nine points on, at one point, there, there'd be seven seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and it'd be 37-21. Game's over. Yeah. They've given them the chance because they've shit themselves and mm. thought, oh, well, let's, we've got to get all these points now because we might not get the chance later, forgetting that their offense is perfectly capable of putting on points themselves. Well, the, the hilarious thing is that the first two... T- wait three turnovers on downs at no point in any of those drives were they behind they were the level or ahead yeah which is mad i don't think they were behind at any point well no they sorry they, they conceded the first couple of points the first couple of um touchdowns but then once they got back into it yeah. I, none of those situations arose after that once they were back in the game this was all points to give them the lead yeah it was it, oh yeah it, wow it was oh, like pat it was winding me up um, because you think just why and, and no one was talking about it and it yeah fuck me right off well it's you it's fa- caused the the chargers now to be in a situation where they're basically having to play catch up for the the playoff positions whereas actually if they win this they're well in the mix yeah and they should have won i think that um it's a lovely turn of events for the chiefs isn't it what a confidence booster um and I think the Chargers are in trouble. I think the Chargers are banging trouble as a result of this loss. Um, and it's such a, it's so in both both conferences. I, I don't remember any any year that the playoff picture looked like this, where everyone's it, everyone's just about has seven wins. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and everyone and everyone's literally within striking distance. You lose a game or you lose two games and you're fucked. You win two games and you're in. It's it's um. You can't it's, say it's, there's like other. Than, they've got the Texans next week, which should be a gimme. But in this year, who the fuck knows? Who knows? But then their their final two games, 
is the Broncos and the Raiders. Well, they're two seven and seven teams. They're like they're teams that are right in there, in, still in the mix. And if someone said to you, "Are oh, the Broncos and the Raiders?" Well, everyone goes, "Well, they're not." You know, no one's thinking about them. But there is there is much in the hunt as any team in the AFC. I'd it argue if you like, can't beat the Broncos and the Raiders. You don't deserve a playoff. Team. Well, fact, yeah, you're exactly right. That it feels like, but those are divisional games as well, which yeah, makes yeah. them even more unpredictable. It yeah. feels like the AFC, though, you have to have a significant winning record to get in those playoffs. Whereas in the NFC, it's like you almost <laughs> just have to get to 500 or just over 500 <laughs> in order to uh, in order to make the playoffs in the NFC. So it's almost like you just have to be not entirely crap. Whereas the AFC, I think it feels now like, uh, sorry, we've just been interrupted by uh, someone getting brought a drink. Fuck it out, Rachel, fuck it out. Must be nearly Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that he passed his empty wine glass back and she already had a refreshment ready for him to pass in when he was done. Some some of us have our families how we have our families. So listen, don't let Rachel hear that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... We, we, as we discussed, you cannot predict um, results in the NFL at the moment um, any more so than the down and out Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> given, given the business, <laughs> given the business to the uh, uh, league leading best record Arizona Cardinals. Um, Can't say I hated this. So what, <laughs> happened? what happened? What the hell happened? It's it was better be than them. It's got to be one of those Cardinals Thanks, feel comfortable. <laughs> Cardinals feel comfortable. They're sort of in that, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs here, sort of regardless of the rest of the season now mood where a team gets their ass handed to them because they've relaxed a touch. Yeah. The thing that I found most concerning about this was going after the game, Kyler Murray had been poor in the game, did not play well at all. But for him to come out and almost call out the coaching by saying we weren't prepared for this game speaks to me of, I mean, that that's problems. If you can, if you can go in like, you know, we're not talking about an NBA team here that plays like a zillion games a season. (laughs) You've got 17 games you've got to prepare for. And if there's any grain of truth into what he's saying, that they weren't prepared properly for a team that might not be the most talented, but you know, are going to work fucking hard. Um, then you've got serious issues. And yeah, this is, as, as Craig has alluded to, this is kind of, this is a little bit Arizona Cardinals, isn't it? Like they've gone, they, they started the season, however well they started the season, but now they're three and four in the last seven games. Questions starting to be asked. And you just think this, this strikes me as being, you know, this is the Cardinals team from last year that blew it, got like, and you worry, are they going to get into the playoffs not on a like, rich vein of form and all of a sudden one and done? As the quarterback, you're that offense's leader, right? Yeah. So it's on you as much as anyone else to make sure that you're prepared. You can't just force it all up on the coaches, right? You've got to pull your team along and get them into the right mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... But when you say that, we don't know the ins and outs. And maybe it's a situation in which... Kyler himself feels like the coaching staff need to hold them accountable. You know, they, they have, you, I mean, you know, Mark mentioned three and four in the last seven games, despite the records, that's a concern. And if you are a winner, if you are the leader, as you say, sometimes you do need to be the one to step up and say, hold on. We are not 
we're not doing the right things at the moment. Now, I'm not one for doing that in the public eye. I really don't like that. So if that is so, no matter what, it would have to be really, it would have to be Urban Meyer esque for you <laughs> to have to be coming out on the podium and saying this. There's no need to say it in that way. But in principle, I don't, I don't mind the call about saying this is not good enough because you know it was only a few weeks ago that I think you know I, I was, I was praising um, the coach of staff Kingsbury. I think they've done a great job. I think he came in with quite a lot to prove, given that really his credentials um, oh, do oh, not good. warrant, don't warrant the job that he's got in any way. Um, highlights all of the, uh, you know, issues with football recruitment as a whole. Um, but the results have been good. He has seen improvements, but this this is a, this is this is a concern. Football over the last few weeks, he has lost his quarterback. Kyler is hired and, uh, is managing an injury. It could be as simple as that. If yeah. it's not, it, it there's a there's a worry in the desert. Yep, I'll tell you, especially when you look at your next two games of the Colts and the Cowboys, um, that by no means gimmies at all. Um, and yeah, I think that, I mean, all of a sudden that division is up for grabs for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I I do think there's an element at the moment of given how unpredictable the NFL has been this year, it almost is just going to come down to a team going into the playoffs and just getting hot. And they could have been mediocre for the last, you know, second half of the season or for much of the season. Any Anyone, I think, going into the, playoffs right now if they can get on a roll could win the super bowl well and you know mark you just you mentioned it there is that not the rams i mean a team that certainly in the middle of the season seemed to spot i i i made i had my criticisms of, of, of stafford but of late that um you know that offense which actually last year we we all talked about have people f- figured it out the offense hasn't changed there is still the same uh, play action offense and yet they have the number one receiver in the league that defense is looking like a defense that has the defensive mvp i mean this is a team that is getting hot at the right time yeah first game with sacks for miller donald and floyd at the same in the same game that is <laughs> Worrying signs for everybody else going on, as if they needed any more help. It'll it'll be interesting because they've got Vikings, Ravens, Niners to finish. So if they comfortably win those three games, I think they've got to be the form team going to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this comes down to how well if Stafford can maintain form, and if he can, and if Cooper Cup can avoid COVID and injury, um, that offense they they've got a chance. If the defence clicks, they're as good as anybody. Well, that's the other advantage that I feel like the Rams have is they've had a wave of COVID come through yeah. and they've survived that. You know, it wasn't a great win against the Seahawks. But I'd say it was a pretty got, shit they... win against the Seahawks, but it doesn't matter. They got it done. Yeah. That crucial thing is that the play, they didn't lose the Stafford Cup those guys, whereas other right. people have lost those key positions. Yeah. They did they didn't, and so they were able to pull it out. And who knows, COVID itself could be a worrying decider in the uh, in in that run up uh, in that run into the playoffs. If you suddenly get a wave of COVID first week of playoffs, the NFL's not going to put it back for you. Nope. Yeah, you're right. That um, <clears throat> I do. I think that 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 Rams team. The the question for me is is the running back position. 
it is whether Sonny Michelle can because Daryl Henderson was was had a the first six games were one of the best running backs in the league. First six games, seven game, whatever it was. Guy scoring regular touchdowns, fantastic rushing the ball, great receiving. You know, the issue was the rest of the offense wasn't clicking week to week. Stafford wasn't clicking week to week, but Henderson was playing brilliant. Um, To go into this period where the rest of the offense seems to be clicking, they're getting that rhythm. Sonny Michel has been plugged back in and he seems to be playing well. It is whether he has, not only is he able to keep the offense moving, but has he got that extra bit of, um, I don't know, special ability, talent to to, to really make a difference as we make make a run. Yep, and they have the plus point of Cam Akers back in practice now as well, and you know, yeah. huge back fully fit without a season of bumps and bruises under his belt for the playoffs could be massive for them, a real uh, like momentum giver. Well, given that Michelle came in and he's not necessarily been hitting quite the heights of those other two, but he's certainly been a very serviceable back. If you've got three guys that you can lean on and not worry about, you know, if one or two of them go down in the playoffs with injuries, you've still got a guy that, you know, you can plug in there. I think they look really solid at running back right now. I think they, they are a team that if they need to lean on that, say, you know, you end up at, at, at Lambeau, which is a possibility for any team right now that the NFC could easily go through green Bay um, you you need to be able to leave, lean on running backs and having three of them fully fit in that game could be a decisive factor. And it's not only fully fit, if he's back and he's not still niggled by the injury, he's com- as fresh as a running back can be going into the playoffs. I mean, that that's not a bad card to play. You've, it's almost like to hor- use the horrible football expression. It's almost like a new signing. <laughs> All things rosy uh, at the Rams right now. Not so much for Brady and the Bucks. <laughs> only only the third time in his illustrious career has he been shut out. A big old bagel um, to the, the Taysom Hill-led Saints. Great 0-4 against the Saints. It's moving to the Bucks. I mean, it is just all sorts. of. We talk about getting hot um, at the playoffs. Brady's cold. And uh, he's, it, he's cold and the Bucks are falling apart injury-wise to go into this and that, if anything, the defeat hurts them, especially the manner of the defeat hurts them. But to lose Leonard Fournette to IR, to lose to lose um, Godwin to IR, um, to lose Mike Evans to injury during the game, all of a sudden, that team that is the offence to lead all offences is now relying on Lev Bell at running back. And, um, and it's all on Gronk. And all of a sudden, they don't look anywhere near as threatening, which is fucking marvellous. <laughs> and it, it shows that the Saints defensively, like off, like you looked at the start of the game, first couple of drives, and the Saints offensively and Taysom Hill looked looked pretty good. And I thought they were throwing the game quite nicely. But after that, they like basically didn't do anything else after their first two possessions. But the defence, my word, they were unbelievable. And they kept on getting in his face. Um, it was it was and like Jordan, man, Cameron Jordan. What a player he was in this game! It was unbelievable, and keeps playing like that against the Bucks as well. It was beautiful. I fucking loved it. And it's the it's what that defense has done to the Bucks for the rest of the season. I don't think like you look at those injuries that they've got at the minute. I don't think that's a Super Bowl bounty. Question I have from this game is. How come Tom Brady has different taunting rules to everyone else in the NFL? Because mm. mm. there was an incident the other week 
where Cassius Marsh got flagged for taunting for looking at the opposition sideline from the middle of the field. And he didn't gesture. He just kind of frowned at them and stared them down a bit from 50 fucking yards away. Brady, one foot from the touchline, going saying, go fuck yourself at the Saints coaching staff. Like, it's just embarrassing from the officials to have such fucking double standards. And it also makes me very angry. My, my favourite bit of this whole game was, uh, did you see the footage of Brady smashing his uh, tablet screen? Yeah. <laughs> so Man, funny. baby Brady strikes. That was, that, that was his best throw of the day, though, mate. What makes, <laughs> what makes it even better is that apparently afterwards, Gardner Johnson, who is one of the ultimate shithouses in the NFL at the moment, tweeted, hey, at Microsoft at Surface, can you all send me a new Surface tablet? I need to give it to a friend who broke his. Thank you and Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Gardner Johnson that stood right in front of him like and given like yeah. arms crossed right in front of his face? That was Yeah, dumb. he's such a shithouse. It's a, so good. <laughs> I normally don't like players like that, but he, he's just so when entertaining. It's against, when it's against Brady, though, it's fine. Some people yeah. earn being shithoused. <laughs> I think... Um, the Saints, what a fantastic performance of that defence. Um, you know, Mark, you talked about Jordan, just unplayable, two sacks, fourth fumble. Um, you just, know. Tristan, Tristan Wirfs, up to that, up to this game, this season, has been incredible. I think he's left, I saw a stat where he's kind of, he's allowed in his last six games, two quarterback pressures, not sacks, pressures, mm. and Cameron Jordan was beating him for fun. They just they 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 would they were, and and you know they 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 collapsed the pocket so regularly, and we all know that that's that's the way to to beat Tom Brady. So the game plan really worked for the Saints. Um, certainly a worry about Brady uh, and the Bucks. I, I think that's the issue. It's the injuries. Who's who's he going to throw the ball to? You know, Brady. Brady. I still think can chuck the ball. I still think Brady is an elite quarterback, but he has been helped by Mike Evans. He's been helped by Godwin. He's been helped by AB. He's been helped by Gronk. That was why he went there. <laughs> Brady yeah. had to go there to play with Bum. Brady went to play with in in Sun with great players. And if he hasn't got great players, it's a different proposition. That whole game plan changes. Um, so I do. I think it's a huge job for Arians at this point. It is the worst time for this to happen. You can you can swallow this and, and be four and five. You look at the league. This happened for you know earlier in the season, and you can swallow this at this point. I think it's a it's a, it's a huge concern. The the most incredible thing about this, maybe even this season, is I think this might be Sean Payton's best season other than his Super Bowl run, because the man is how know, is he's keeping miss- them relevant. He's he's missing so many players on offense. He's got a tight end playing quarterback, and yet they are still at five hundred. They could still make the playoffs. I would love to see a rematch of this game in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, and you very well might because the books have got Panthers twice and Jets left and they need one more win to clinch the division. So they're not going to fall out of it, however struggling they are by the looks of it. it, it and fine, you might get through people like, like shithouse teams in the in the NFC like that. But as soon as you come up with a, you know, a proper team, when you're throwing the ball to Cameron Brayton, Scotty Miller, I'm not sure it's the same proposition. No. No. Um, and, you know, the Bucks are dealing with... <clears throat> with something that uh, you know they've had a few players earlier in the season, AB fallen foul yeah. of COVID, and before oh. we finish, 
off. I mean, how how is that going to look? We we've almost we've almost a bit blasé about it now, aren't we? Particularly in terms of sport. Forget we lost sport for all that time. Um, you know, is is this going to is going to fuck up our season? Just well, just one quick thing about that. It's funny how. Um, the the Bucks had been moral standards when it came to AB completely lying about his COVID situation oh. and <laughs> falsifying his passport and, until they get some injuries at wide receiver and then all of a sudden he's welcome back with open arms. Funny how that works with Bruce mm-hmm. Arians, you fucking moral shithouse. Oh, but he's working hard on becoming a better person, apparently. Oh, is, is, isn't according he fucking to reports today. Always. always. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, well it's amazing how... Uh, you can almost see the PR person's hand working, uh, working that that press conference. Yeah, like I think that's so poor, but it's unfortunately it's he's one of those players that he's good enough so he gets away with it, and um, rules don't apply to him. If that had been, you know, Scotty Miller, well, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, he'd have been cut. Bro, listen, I'm telling you this now. If there's no Godwin and there's no Mike Evans, Bruce Arians letting AB fuck his daughter. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever yeah, you want, yeah. whatever you want, bro. Whatever, please just come back. Oh, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, if he comes back and is like fit, he's he's wide receiver one at the Bucks yeah. now. And let's see, if, let's see if he's still got it. It's going to be interesting. Well, he has. He's played well when he's played this season. He's he has, but he's played he's played well when he's been covered because like. Um, because Evans and Godwin are on the field, so he's like the, the coverage he's drawing isn't anywhere near what it's going to be if he's wide receiver one. No doubt, no doubt. Before we preview some games, um, we've had Pro Bowl early Pro Bowl indications and MVP talk. Uh, Rich, lovely little uh, uh, emoji face. We're not like feeling emoji. the pro. Not feeling the Pro Bowl is. I like the all, all Pro list. I'm not a fan of the of the Pro Fact. Bowl. Correct. Um, yeah. I think you you, you want to make you want to make first team All Pro, no doubt. Yep. I I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. And if, if the Pro Bowl was voted for by coaches and players, I'd care. It's voted for by fans, so it's just how many fans can stick a player's name on Twitter umpteen times until they get in. Yeah. Did you see who the fourth highest vote getter was this season? No. So far. Have, have, have a guess, Rich. It's one of yours. <laughs> Is it George Kill? Nope. It's Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That sounds... Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm surprised in the, in the entire it's not NFL, he, is, he was fourth with, like, ridiculous amounts. Is it it's so... Right. Wait, so is the rules for the Pro Bowl? Because I always get confused. Because NBA, I think it's players... Um, play, players, coaches... Uh, sports writers and fans, not just fans. I, I, I believe I believe it's the same. I believe that there is a percentage yeah. that is fan I, vote. I, 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 like, I, I like fans being able to just say what they want. I, I think it's inclusive as long as it's balanced by players and coaches. It's yeah. but it's a, it's a I think the NFL is a high percentage, but it's yeah. it, it's it's laughable. It's always and, been a popularity contest. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, it's like and some of the decisions are. A, a ridiculous based on some of the you know players that have made it in um statistically the best defense in the nfl doesn't have a single player in the pro bowl brilliant um <laughs> like lamar jackson has made it to the pro bowl despite throwing 15 touchdowns this season and 13 interceptions and a pretty average quarterback rating and their backup looking better than him um he's in it's there are some really really significant snubs in there and it fucked the pro bowl as, as I saw a tweet said, you don't even you don't even watch it. 
no, Lamar's got wins and some and and rushing yards that do not go into the he has, he's, he, he hasn't well, scored I, a rushing touchdown since week two. I said rushing yards. He's, well, he's not got that many. You'd be well, surprised. It's not that many. Really? Looking better than Lamar is a big stretch. That's a big exactly. That's what I'm he, saying. He played, man, man, I, I, he played against the Saints and um, uh, against the Steelers. He was that was a better performance than Lamar Jackson has put in in the last six weeks. Not a, not a doubt in my mind about it. We were only discussing last week how Lamar had been really strong. A defense is directly designed to stop Lamar. They are going to have the least expectations of Huntley. It's, it's not. Is your? I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Huntley is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Quite clearly, he's not. But the fact that he can come in and put in a better display should say all you need to know about whether Lamar Jackson should be making the Pro Bowl roster. He shouldn't. Lamar Jackson, higher or lower rushing touchdowns than Herbert? <laughs> lower. Lower by one. He's got two. Herbert's three. Hey, yeah. So, uh, just say, Mark, I'll, 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 I'll wait for my apology. Did, 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 did your bet come off that week? Shut, have, how, have your, did yours? Yes, that week. <laughs> we have a very similar average <laughs> we all did well last week let's put it that way 0-6 is bad that's embarrassing yeah. that's like when my son got beat early this year um, what did they lose I think they lost, they lost 8-2 I was like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about you can't lose 8-2 that's, that's nuts you, can't get beat 8-2 that's ridiculous blood <laughs> don't ever lose like that again <laughs> ever supportive as always right <laughs> make him make him stand out in the garden or something <laughs> listen if you want excellence no i'm joking so um before we preview some games anyone want to talk about anything nfl related um, you, only that you touched on it very briefly before I was rude and went back to Bruce Arians, but the, the COVID factor moving forward, and it feels like we've got to a point in the season where predicting games is become as hard as it was this season anyway, predicting games at the minute is becoming almost impossible based on who's going to be fit. Um, Rich, you mentioned it going into the playoffs. If a, te- if a team suddenly picks up a bout of COVID, which is rife everywhere, they're, they're done almost. One of these AFC teams, they can't afford to lose games at the minute. It's so tight. And the Browns lose their starting two quarterbacks and lose the game just to the Raiders. Chances are you've got um, one of those one of those two in. They win the game. That can hit. That can. It, it feels like COVID is almost going to become as much of a factor moving forward as form now. I think the interesting thing will be at what point does it get so farcical that the NFL have to say something or do we get lucky enough that it's just these sort of brief, like, cause it seems like a lot of teams, most of the players are asymptomatic. So as soon as they can return, was it two tests, 24 hours apart? Yeah. Assuming, they that, they're, assuming that they're vaccinated. Right. Yeah. Right. They're doing their absolute best to make the time players have to spend away as small as possible. Right. Regardless and, of the reinfection risk almost. And so it'll be interesting to see whether that stays low enough that teams can sort of manage it and they can keep those those 
players that pick it up just in bubbles rather than you know because you almost wonder like some of the teams that are based in florida and california you've got an advantage that you can actually do shit outdoors a lot of the time whereas you've got teams you know if you're in green bay you're not doing team meetings out of the outside but you have the option if you're a southern team yeah i think we've seen it all year and it is you know i think as sports fans if you sign up to compete, you accept that injuries are a part of it, right? I don't want to hear you lot had injuries. We all fucking get injuries, but it does. Certainly this year, like last year was an albatross. It was COVID. We was all happy to have it back. But at this point, if you are, you know, the Rams lead lead and seem like they're getting hot now. If there's a bug or, you know, COVID hits the defensive line room, and they lose Donald, etc., for three games. It's fucked. <laughs> I, 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 I do. You know, you hope to God it is not an impact. It, there's no. You know, hopefully people are managed to keep themselves safe and it and it doesn't play out. But if we lose players, big players, even watching the game, I don't want to not watch. I don't want to watch Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Well played, Huntley. But what the fuck? I don't want to watch it without Lamar Jackson. There's, these there's, big games, you can't lose these big players. There's bound to be one, isn't there? There's bound to be one team that basically loses a game, or the perception is they lose a game because they lost a group of players. It's it's guaranteed to happen at, to someone at some well, stage I think, this season. I think while it's in the regular season, because you could argue that the Browns lost. Uh, you have argued that yeah, the Browns I mean, uh, sorry, lost I was, against I meant the Raiders. I was, I was talking about a playoff game. Right, it's gonna so be it's gonna be either those last game or two before, like, to get into the playoffs or a playoff game that this happens in. And the the problem is, we all accept injuries. And as a Niners fan, I've you know I've seen seasons where it's, it just sucks because you you feel like half your players are going down injured. But even then, it's maybe. 10-15% is enough to make it feel like that. If you lose a third of your squad to COVID, that's the problem. It can just take out a third of your squad for like a week and a half. Yeah. And that that is enough to just sink your season. And that's the thing. It feels more like a lottery rather than injury luck. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about players potentially causing their team disruption by not being vaccinated and missing multiple potentially multiple games because it's 10 days out if you're unvaccinated um <coughs> that's, you know yeah well quite cole beasley so this was the thing on twitter it came out cole beasley has um, has got it is out for 10 days and then immediately a photo comes out of the game um at the weekend where cole beasley's misses is hugging josh allen's misses and everyone's like we're gonna miss josh allen for the patriots game aren't we that's just <laughs> that's coming and it, it feels like something like that is is round the corner for some for a team somewhere. Yep. Yeah. It and it, like it, fu- it fucks me off because you know you, you talk about injuries and yes teams can get injuries and problems but if someone breaks their leg it doesn't mean that three other players in that position break their leg at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's and with this one being as as transmissible as it clearly is, even if it doesn't make you horrendously ill, the rules are in place so you. You know, as Beasley himself has said, it's not the illness that's keeping him out of the Patriots game. It's the rules keeping him out of the Patriots game. But he knew what those rules were. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, I, I, I it annoys me that it can impact 
a result just based on the talent of the game, but it is going to happen. And this, you mentioned transmissibility. That's the biggest issue with this because we've seen last season, you know, a position group going down because they've all got COVID or they were all close contacts of someone who got COVID, but you didn't see an entire squad yeah. going, you know, going down like we have with the, the Browns and some of the Rams. Like this, this feels like it's, you could have a team flying east to west coast or or the other way round where it's a what six hour flight yeah. and all of a sudden yeah like three quarters of that squad test positive yeah on a yeah. subject have we spoken since urban meyer got fired have we have. i don't think we have i don't I think we have late no. Wednesday night, so I, don't what? Think no. have. I, I saw a meme saying all i want is a uh uh, 2008 all or nothing covering um, Maya <laughs> fucking Hernandez <laughs> bro what the F honestly that guy's got some skeletons in his closet mate he, that is crazy yeah so much shit came out last week calling his coaches losers his coaches that he handpicked by the way right pissing off some of his players so much that they left the trading facilities kicking his kicker in preseason training and refusing to call his special teams players by their names, just calling them by their positions because he's a prick. Basically, he's just shown himself to be a selfish, thoughtless, narrow-minded, lying arsehole, and I'm glad he's gone. Like, this time last season, we got rid of Doug Marone, and I thought it was the right decision, but I was sad that he'd gone because Doug Marone seemed like a nice guy who was trying his best for the team and not succeeding. We'd lost more than 10 in a row, but, you know... It was what it was. This time, not sad at all. Glad he's gone, prick. Just, just disappointed he hasn't taken Bolker with him. Yes, I think it's only a matter of time for him, but that may be hope. It, it, it just, it just smacks of like, it represents everything wrong with with NFL, right? With football as a sport, you can. Um, I don't know if you know those who have watched the. Is it the all of? Is it all of nothing? What's the um, you know, the series with the, the Amazon one? Co- no, the college one. It's on Netflix. Oh Can't yeah, remember. yeah, it's all of nothing as well. He, uh, uh, it might, but where they're at JUCOs, isn't it? Where the the junior uh, college. Last chance, you. Last chance, you. And there's that coach. I can't remember his name. Buddy something. The one of the last ones. The two last ones actually. And you know them coaches who, at thirty five. If you want to be one of the lads where you're talking up yourself a little bit, I can kind of get it. I can kind of get it at 35 with younger guys where you're a young guy, but you're obviously older, but you're not old. And there is more that you've got to find a way of managing that peer to peer relationship. I can kind of get that lad thing. It's not for me. But I can kind of get it, particularly at college. Like, you can understand the need for it. When you're 60 fucking plus, <laughs> it is embarrassing. It's imba- it is so... And you're in the pros. And you talk, you're talking like you could sue up when you're reading some of this shit. It is, honestly, he is the worst example of the the structure and the institution of football. You have these coaches who go from job to job, have protected status, treat people like shit. 
because of the time they spent and the people they know and it's bollocks and it and and from a fundamental point of view when all you've got is rah rah i've won this i've done that you clearly don't have the skills to fulfill the role it's an embarrassment mate wasn't there something about because i saw the whole thing with him calling his coaches that he'd picked losers and him challenging them on their cvs it's like a bunch of those guys apparently were on Super Bowl winning rosters. Yeah, you haven't won a Super Bowl, mate. Won a Super Bowl in his locker. Right. It's like, fucking calm More down. More music head in this, in this game. Why yeah. is your neck in? Yeah. yeah. You've won some college championships with in one of the best college uh, programs that there is. That's Biggest got a load budget. of, you know, loads of money to throw at stuff and... You know, good good hiring because you can basically, you know, who doesn't want to go to somewhere like Ohio State or Alabama or whatever? Like, you're always going to get the the cream of the crop at those programs. Yeah, okay, fine. You managed to to manage that program well, but it's different in the NFL, mate. And I don't like Kingsbury. I don't think he's a particularly good coach, but he's shown what college coaches can do in the nfl if they're willing to adapt and he clearly wasn't willing yep fuck over mile um <laughs> yeah absolutely and it bodes really well for us that our offense has been absolute shit all season and we promoted our offensive coordinator to head coach so yeah good luck daryl bevel he talks a lot of nicer of a game but yet to well be convinced. he did there was there was um i saw a quick clip of somebody asking him about the offense now and Urban Meyer, and he just sort of smirked and went, next question, as if to say, basically, I've had to run stuff the way Urban demands it, and now I actually get a chance to do do things a bit more my way. Yeah, that so was the same press conference where the first question was, so um, you've got four games left. That means you can probably still win more games than Urban, right? <laughs> nice. Is it like, is smart money on Byron Leftwich for next year? <sighs> A lot of Jags fans want that. I don't really know why. He wasn't particularly because... good as a quarterback here. And when he left, everyone was like, good, fuck off your shit. So <laughs> it's because well, he's done a good not, job. And that's yeah, you're not. To, uh, and you're, not, link you're not to recruiting him to play. You're not, but you're not. Yeah, exactly. You're not recruiting him to play quarterback. You're recruiting him to coach. And the guy's done a fantastic job of that. People I trust have said he's a really stand-up, good quality character and a decent football brain. And given what we've had, both of those things would be a step forward. So the thing, the thing that annoys me the most about it is, is exactly to, to Craig's point. You worry about what the recruitment process that these teams go through to get to this stage. How you can give Urban Meyer, who's got all of this shit going on, and be the type of character that he is a job, and yet Byron Leftwich doesn't even get an interview with any team. His um, mates, mates, mate. Yeah, it's um, who is all white. It's bad, yeah, exactly that, exactly that, and it's it's, it's baffling. You gotta expect the likes of uh, Leftwich, Bienemy to be picked up at this point. I mean, gotta be. There's, there's the enemy's another jobs. one. It was like there's too alarming. many jobs. There's too many jobs. People need coaches. It's it's ridiculous at this point. It's ridiculous. Um. Anyway, let's uh let's preview some games and see what I've. Is gonna happen week 16. Sanfro. Sanfro? <laughs> You're really good at starting these off. <laughs> fine once he gets on a roll. <laughs> Best. San Francisco 49ers, Tennessee Titans.
Battle of two teams trending in very different directions. The Titans will hope getting AJ Brown back can stop their offensive slump. Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers. Interesting game this. We know what Green Bay can do offensively. Feel like the Browns just don't have the consistency to keep up if the Packers get rolling. Indianapolis Colts at Arizona Cardinals. This is more must-win for the Colts than the Cards, which might be enough to tip a tight one. Detroit Lions at Atlanta Falcons. Put your hands up for Detroit. <laughs> LA Rams at Minnesota Vikings. A must-win game to keep the Vikings in the playoff hunt. A must-win game if the Rams want to steal a divisional win. Intriguing. Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets. The less said about this one, the better. Harsh but fair. New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. I sure hope this game can live up to the quality of the Cowboys versus the Giants last week. Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. Allen will be desperate for this one after the pounding the Pats gave the Bills only a week ago. Think it's completely different game plan from the Pats. For them to win, Mac is going to need to throw the ball. Pounding, it was 14-10. Creative license. Four-point pounding. (laughs) What you can get, mate. (laughs) Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. Massive playoff implications in this one. The Ravens have lost their last three games by a total of four points and they need their luck to change now. Chargers at Houston, Texas. The Chargers need every win they can get in a tight playoff race, so they cannot afford to have a Chargers moment in this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Carolina Panthers. Bounce back game. Chicago Bears at Seattle Seahawks. In a week where games with playoff implications are plenty, this isn't one of them. (laughs) Denver Broncos at Las Las Vegas Raiders. This will be a much better game next year. Pittsburgh Steelers at Kansas City Chiefs. The more you count Pittsburgh out, the more they love to prove you wrong. Washington football team at Dallas Cowboys. Four all NFC East matches in two weeks and this one on primetime. Why do you hate us, NFL? (laughs) (laughs) And the Miami Dolphins at the New Orleans Saints. Expect a million touches for Alvin Kamara with the Saints reportedly starting fourth round pick Ian Book at quarterback against the Dolphins team that have won their last six games. And there you have it. That's week week 16. Look forward to it. So, before we finish up, any other business, boys? Pat, what you got? I need to apologise officially to the culinary gods. I was asked to make uh, a chilli tonight for my girlfriend's parents who've just arrived. And as I was dicing up the onions to start us off, she sidled into the kitchen and went, don't, don't put any chilli in this, by the way. They don't like it. Oh, God. So I did a, I did a chilli-less chilli, which just feels like a culinary crime. And next time I see the food list pinned to the fridge when we have visitors, I'm going to check. Like, I'm making chilli con carne and rice for a man who doesn't like chilli or rice. Are you sure you want that on the, on the, on the menu? So it went down all right, but it didn't go down all right in my face. <laughs> you can't have a chili without chili, bro. The clue's in the name, I thought. Yeah. 
quite, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, my smoked paprika con carne went down all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rich. Uh, well, I need to know whether Mark's going to talk about Die Hard before I, uh, before yeah, I talking, do my... Yeah, I'm talking about Die Hard. Okay, I'll leave that to you then. Uh, in which case, I'm just going to say... Uh, New new COVID is is a bit shit. It's a lot less shit than the previous ones, but still, you know, try not to get it, all right? Because it is a bit shit. <laughs> That's because Rich has got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so does Dark Ten- Cook. He's out for ten days. Ah, kill us. See what we said. Um, Rich was pretending to have COVID last week. And now he's now he's got COVID. Well, I wasn't pretending to have it. I had it. I just thought I didn't. Wanted it for clout. Wanted for clout. Don't try it. Man <laughs> wanted to take a selfie and be like, "Ah, oh, in for ten days." <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot this week. Um, look forward to new season of Gamora. Mark, seen that. Mm. All, ep- all episodes, all episodes released. Can't wait. That's yeah. gonna be my Christmas viewing. I got that. I got a bit of um, Boba Fett, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Have you watched the the movie? By the way, Craig, I haven't. You know, for anyone who hasn't and and, and is a Gamora fan and is about to watch the final season, there is a film that sits between the last series and this series called Limortale, and it's all about Chiro um, and what has happened to him. So, Craig, right. watch it. That's a great shot, because in a lot of the promo, they're showing him... And the thing is, I can't remember what happened. A lot he, of d- promo, he died. He exact Right. You just took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, he's dead. So right. I'm seeing Chiro, and I'm thinking, well, go on with this. In the promo. Better, 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 better watch the movie, mate. It will explain it all. Okay. Well, I'm off as of Tuesday. I've got a bit of work on Tuesday, but after that, manufacture it in. So, yeah. Um, the, the Immortal, and look for that. It's a pro- proper movie special and explains the gap between where you picked, where you left off and the start of next season. Really, Jen- really important yes, to watch it. Jenny had just moved to, where did he go, Naples or something? And he'd done his thing now. He's doing his thing and Chiro's dead. So I want to see what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Mark, take us home. Um, so speaking of movies, um, imagine my surprise when I, I'm at home yesterday. And li- life's good at the moment. You know, it's it's, it's okay. I've, I've gone through COVID. I've got to the other side. Last day of work today. I'm now done. It's Everything's okay. Run up to Christmas. Uh, or at least I thought my life was all right. And I, I, I flick on the TV and, uh, and Die Hard's on. And I think, oh, brilliant. Everyone loves a bit of Die Hard. This is great. What an absolute classic. And um, and my missus turns to me with a with a stupid innocent little face on her, and uh, and she says to me that these words come out of her mouth. Oh, I've never seen this. What's it about? Is she young? I feel like that, that's the cut <laughs> with like she's too young for you, bro. She's like, not, that's, I, that, that doesn't make sense. I know. And um, so like I had to pause the film that was on TV <laughs> and, and put the control down. And um, so my, my question is, now that I know this about her, do I need to divorce her? Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reasonable question. Pat, I, I, I'll, let you t- I'll let you take it first, but it's a reasonable question. I mean, I was just going to say, um, in a press conference earlier this week, Trevor Lawrence was asked by Jaguar's Twitter whether Die Hard was a Christmas film. And he said, oh, I'm not sure. I've never seen Die Hard. And, you know, I, I can oh, forgive Trevor. No. You can forgive your missus. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't forgive Trevor. If you end up with the number one pick, he needs replacing now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think... He's got to go. 
He My son, I mean, it, it's one of those movies before he was born. So I don't, I you know. don't care. Top, like it's like there's plenty of films that were released before I was born that I've watched. And and Die Hard, it's not like there isn't the opportunity to watch it every single year. <laughs> True. Fair. Fair. I, I I think I've probably watched Die Hard. I mean, comfortably more than forty times. And it's one of those films that you just and it's good. Every single time you watch it, it's an absolute bona fide. You don't need to watch it once a year. Perfect. At least, at least, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's so. I mean, and yes, I, 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 I take some responsibility. I should have asked this question when I first met Michelle. Admittedly, right. I first met her when we were like twelve. So it's not one of the first things you ask a twelve-year-old. Have you seen Die Hard, by the way? Um, but. It's, Equally, it's, you had plenty of time to prepare. I've had time, and I've, and I've never asked this question. This. I should this have sorted nuts. So Christmas Eve, um, when the kids have gone to bed, it's already booked in that we are going to watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. To, it's, <laughs> it's, so there's no there's no escaping it. It is happening. And um, it's it, like I basically told her that she has to watch it, because if I don't, then she's not going to be my wife by next Christmas. The, the problem with that, Mark, is... You, I don't think it's grounds for divorce if she hasn't seen it because, you know, we've all got those film blind spots. Don't pretend that we haven't. Like Everyone's got films you should have seen that you never have. The The problem's going to no, be if you watch hard. it not die and, hard. You look, <laughs> and you look round at the No, not die hard for us, obviously. I'm just saying like there's other stuff. There's, the, you know, Oscar nominated or Oscar winning stuff that I've never bothered watching because it's boring um but you know stuff that your missus might love if she'd come to me and Bro, said, oh, saying, oh, i've never seen i've never seen citizen kane i'd have been all right don't worry about it yeah right exactly right, exactly this is die hard bro <laughs> this is die hard but the problem's gonna come when you turn and look at her with like five ten minutes left of the film and she sat there snoring that's gonna be a problem uh, it's not that she'll be halfway through it'll be you know the, the guy will come down with the machine gun and the sign on his chest and she'll be looking at her fucking phone <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be put your phone away, love. Watch Die Hard, and um, yeah, it's there's honestly there's 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 gonna be issues. I can tell. Who's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> you know the classic. Forty minutes in, who's that guy? It's yeah. John McCain. Yeah, that's Come on. That's, that's Bruce Willis. Come on, love. Well, why, why? So why is he there again? Oh my god, <laughs> where are his shoes? <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, and she's, um, she, she's gonna love it. If not. I think wife. Let's start again. The kids, the, the, the kids are resilient. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but, once, once they get old enough to watch Die Hard, I think they'd understand. Maybe, they'd, they'd get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't leave mum earlier. Exactly. You know, like, given that she, how, how's she not seen this? So you know, maybe, maybe it's time. But, my son found Die Hard on his own, so I'm telling you, she is she she has to she has to. Um, in fact, before we sign out, um, I do have an any other business. I put it in the group. Um, funny enough, my wife um, works in Wandsworth, and somewhere in Wandsworth, I think in and around the um, shopping centre. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It probably doesn't matter to the story. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever seen. She works around a shopping centre. I don't know. That's just that's unbelievable. She wasn't. She doesn't work in the shopping centre. Pat, <laughs> Pat, do you know where your missus works? She's in, I, I mean, we work at the same building. So. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I, I also know where my missus works. I love her. <laughs> she, she works 
shopping center. She works for a family. She's a nanny, but she was around the shopping center. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and um, anyway, she 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 was wandering, minding her own business, looking after a lovely little boy. And um, she, funnily enough, heard my voice. She was like, "What's that?" And lo and behold, somebody is listening uh, to Lung Slapper Podcast. Now, what I love about this is that the people who listen to Lung Slapper Podcast think it's reasonable to play <laughs> the podcast out loud in public. <laughs> are, are you 15? <laughs> no, you're not. Let's not alienate our listeners that we have in <laughs> by abusing them. If that was you... Thanks for listening and keep listening however the damn well you like. As loud and proud as you want to. If you forgot the headphones, what are you gonna do? What we've all been, gonna, we've what all been there, right? Where you like you get on the train or whatever and you think, Oh, I've left my headphones at home and you were gonna listen to something. Listen out loud, why not? Good for you. Share it. And thank you. Shout out to my man listening to Longside Podcast in Wandsworth. And uh I think that'll wrap us. It is Christmas Eve Eve. I wish you and your families a safe and healthy Christmas, boys. Enjoy, be safe, and uh, drink loads, eat loads, and that. Get me. Boom. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Cheers, babe. Oh, well. <laughs>